You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. It was good. It was it was a lot of fun, and he seemed like a super normal guy. We were just having some beers, hanging out, just did, talking did, about our golf round. Did he give you butterflies? Uh, no, I didn't quite get butterflies, but I knew he was well, the one. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Hey, Strofe, is that video posted yet? What video? The video. Uh, of that clip, that audio clip. We that we started played. the show yesterday with that you said, yeah, it's going to be posted. Yeah, ask our social media lady who's taking care of it. Professional buffs, bus thrower, Alex Strofe. <laughs> All right, we'll have to ask our social media queen, Maddie, because yesterday Alex said he had it. Now, today it's I not done. It, but I, I cut the segment out that's eight minutes long, and I sent it to her like I was asked to. Oh, I got you. So, bus thrower, Alex Strofe. This is Relation Hamilton. Sounds like she's not much of a queen if we're starting the show by blaming me. Well, we just asked you because you said you'd have it done. You took responsibility for it on the show. No, you walked past my desk when I was cutting no, but the, on the segment. Sh- uh, but on the show, you said, yeah, we'll, we'll get it posted. Uh, yeah, I said, we'll get it posted. I didn't say, I'll get it posted. <laughs> well, actually, play it back. You might have said, I'll get it posted. <laughs> I'm just saying, bus thrower Alex Strofe. This is Rutledge Hamilton. You're wrong! Coors Light. <laughs> oh, someone's in their feelings. Rutledge Hamilton presented by Coors Light. He's Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Matt Hamilton, you seem the opposite of Chuff today, maybe a little bit chafed. Yeah. Uh, first of all, super hectic day. But it's it's one of the two seasons right now in Wisconsin, and it's... it's well, well, wait, hold on a second mean? here. What makes a Matt Hamilton day hectic? Well, I Give us had, a hectic Matt Hamilton day. Well, I actually had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I Please had to, share. I had to take the... Uh, the dog to the vet, which is always fun. And, you know, naturally you get there like five, ten minutes early. They bring you in about five minutes late. Uh, they weigh your dog, ask if anything's wrong. And then, you know, like a normal doctor's visit, you sit in, in the waiting room for like another 15, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes until the doctor comes in. Gives her shots, takes like five minutes, and then I'm out the door. It was like, I literally was here for like 45 minutes. You know, I made an appointment. Yep. What's what's the point of holding a time at 11 if you're not going to see me until 11.35? Jerry Seinfeld over here. Anyone can just take a reservation. Yeah. The whole point is to have the car ready when I want holding the reservation. Holding is yeah. the most important part. Uh, so, you know, again, like whatever. I, I understand people are busy. But that in addition to the fact that I've got, uh, I had some trees taken down. One had like. Stri- you took them down? No, no. Okay. I had them taken down. Okay. Um, one had like half fallen over, like root ball and everything, and then another one has just been dead for a while. And the, my wife was finally like, "It's gonna fall on the dogs one day." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> crazy person stuff." But you know, sometimes you just gotta humor them, and it's not a battle I was willing to fight. So I had a, a tree company over taking mm-hmm. this these wood piles out. Well, they brought their dog. Okay. So, like, now their dog's running around my backyard with my dog's inside kind of going nuts. Yeah. Not thrilled about it. So, like, that's hectic. My normal, like, morning routine is, like, catch up on all the dishes, clean the kitchen a little bit. 
I try and take the little like dustbuster hand vac yeah. and pick up all the corners that I know like like to pick up hair. Yeah, you gotta do that daily with long haired dogs. All of that. And then I've got my entire... Okay, wait, pause a second here. And Alex, I want you to hop in. In 844-770-3776. So Matt basically did a handful of chores, took his dog to the vet, and the dogs were worked up for like 20 minutes. And And, and the chores, yeah. Is that a hectic day? That is 2 o'clock. Okay, well, hold on a minute. What you need to understand, Jim, is that hectic to Matt Hamilton is not hectic well, to me. Well, first of all, that's why I wanted to set this up, that Matt barking, Hamilton called like a hectic day. Dogs being like, kind of unruly. You know what I mean? Like It's hectic because normally my dogs are pretty chill, but they had another dog outside, so they're like running from my bedroom, which has a sliding glass door to the window, to like the yeah. kitchen, which has the sliding glass door to the backyard. Yeah. So they're like running back and forth trying to track this dog while I'm trying to do chores around the house. Then I got to take this already wound up dog to the vet who just gets more wound up. Like it's just, it was just hectic. It could have been a lot smoother, but with all the events that ended up happening today, it just it it was more hectic than it should have been. I shouldn't say it was hectic for everybody. It was just more hectic than the it way should you have been. life is so hard. The way you described his day is that he was the one removing the trees. No, his no, dogs no, 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 like no. ran back and forth a little bit while he did removed. like three chores. I know. Yeah. But that's what I mean like a hectic day would have been like, man, I had to get up at like seven, take the dog to the vet, and then I had to dig out all these trees. Let me rephrase. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I already said this. This was more hectic than I had anticipated. I did not expect <laughs> to be like dog wrangling and running around right. and exp- like, so, like too much stuff going on in the periphery for someone with severe ADD such so as myself. You, basically, you like your mornings and your days to be like a three on the stress level. And today was like a five. I would need, yeah, probably, but the, the, what's making it hectic is I was just really banking on a three. Like I had mentally prepared for the three to be like the top, and it ended up being just a five. So like it just threw me. Kyle Upon chimes in. They probably should have asked if they could bring their dog along via email. Agreed. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. If you want to chime in on that, yeah, that's a little bit. Because they uh, just let me know, I could have like. I've got some in-laws. I've got parents that love my dogs. I could just drop them off for the afternoon. Or you could have had the blinds closed if that's possible so they don't know what's going on. I'm not even, like, I understand not everybody's got the, like, if he's gone for 12 hours a day chopping down trees, like, you can't leave your dog home that whole time. So if you got a well-behaved dog, it doesn't bother me. Just keep me in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll go ahead, though. Anyway, so that's the start. And for the last... Here's your real, like, the, real the one that people actually will feel bad for you for. Because you're trying yeah. to be like, oh, no, God, I'm not I had sympathy. to do, like, normal human being things, and it was the worst. Sympathy. I didn't have to go to work until 1 p.m. <laughs> so tough. <laughs> one ten actually. Share that, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, at like one ten because I was finally the dogs finally had calmed down. You're so I, stressed. I just made lunch. Yeah, really. I was, like, literally decompressing. My wife's like, don't you have the show today? I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And she's like, it's one ten. I was like, oh, I should probably get going. It, it wasn't like late. I showed up at the time we like to do our show meeting, so I wasn't like no, late. No, but it was but just funny again. It like, definitely caught me off guard. If Jen wasn't there, you might have been late. <laughs> yeah, I would might have been in my car just bopping over and just this is Rutledge and Hamilton. <laughs> All right, so now share the the true part that people actually feel bad for you for. It's construction season, people. Right, but it it's is, more than that for you. It, so everybody hates construction season, right? Like everybody, sometimes it's part of your commute. Sometimes you're taking a trip and the highway's all busted up and you've, you're down to one lane. It takes forever. My street 
is all torn up right now. They're adding like a, like a width to it, so they're like taking out mailboxes. We've got a mailbox grouping at the front of our road right now. They like put this. those back in. What? Are you on the hook for the mailbox if they take it out? No, I'm assuming they put it back in. I haven't been told much. I was told yesterday or two days ago by a guy who is nice enough to be like, hey, we're working in front of your driveway. If you want to get your car out, you should you can park down the road mm-hmm. and you know walk to your car later. Yeah. And then he's like, we're tearing out your driveway tomorrow, by the way, or, or like this like yes. bottom third of it. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Like, well, I, it would have it been nice to know that they're ta- taking out the driveway, and he did tell me it, that would be replaced. Good, thank you. <laughs> but like, like today, I, I sent a picture to you guys. There is like construct. There's like a hole in my street, and just like getting around it is not always easy because there's always dump trucks going in and out. Mm-hmm. Like one morning, it took me about twenty minutes because they. They literally were working in a spot where it's just like everyone's just stuck until we can get this done quick. And it was like the worst time for me. I tried leaving for one of our show meetings yep. to be here at like at one. And I ended up showing up at like one twenty because I'm stuck sitting here waiting for this guy to fill the hole in and then flatten it out so my sedan can drive over this <laughs> totally busted up road. It's It's been a pain in the butt. Everything's this- covered in dust right now. Like my entire house looks beige. Because of the dust and the wind and Or everything. is that, you know... The smoke? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. It, it. Maybe it's a combination of everything, but I am covered in dust. Like, you can... My shorts right now are covered in dust because they just brush up against my car, and it's... I just hate it. It's hard to be Matt Hamilton. I hate it. You know what else, though, I just realized? Where are our show sheets? <laughs> I don't need a show sheet. I'm a professional. Yeah, but that's not a show sheet. Don't point. You set the standard of a show sheet. No show sheet. No, see again. This is fine. We're good. No accountability strofe back there. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton. Presented well, what was by I supposed to put on a show sheet today? <laughs> Matt's driveway. <laughs> the same stuff you put on a show sheet every day. Don't. It's you on just a screen in front of you. You just didn't do it. Just say, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But Don't I, say, like, but I have oh, an alternative oh, with everything oh, you need in oh, front of you. What would I do it with says, today? Today's live different. Read, no. Who's on the phone? The audio I have, it's right in front of you. Matt, stop. This is fine. But we, no, it's not, though. We established we want a show sheet. Rutledge is so you just idiot. own it and say, you know what? I didn't get a show sheet. Here's what I got for you. That's it, right? You're the one that loves the show sheet. We write on them. Rutledge I is keep notes idiot. on them. Yeah, I just... I, 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 you can hold him accountable, Matt Hamilton. He didn't have what he needs to start the no, show. No, no, no. You just caught him in the break. No. <laughs> this is how he learns. You call him out. For, we call each other out on everything. I called you out for being, uh, well, I would say, what, Peter Pan? Yeah, and I and I definitely am. But we got strove twice already in the first segment, so I, I well, he was got, just he got him a break. himself. Uh, Daryl Deerfield chimes yeah. in with another uh, suggestion for Alex Strofe. Does anyone else feel that Matt should have had violins playing in the background? Yeah. There, there you go. There's another one there, Strofe. That's, that's actually a good call. Yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. There, that yeah. might have. What people might have felt like, bad for me then, Strofe. Yeah, maybe we get Baby Strofe, the cow that uh, is at Daryl's. Uh, uh, what, what is Daryl? What does he have there? Ocean View Genetics. Is Ocean View Genetics. That maybe the cow can get us a show sheet. <laughs> you know, uh, they say like you know a monkey can do it. Maybe Baby Strophy can do it. Maybe Baby Strophy can do it. Uh, we'll see. Oh, man, Matt Hamilton, hot on construction. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. So does construction season make you like long for winter? Because there's two seasons in Wisconsin. There is. Is winter and construction season. Mm-hmm. Which do you prefer? Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. 
What is this from? SpongeBob. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, do you um, construction season or winter? I prefer winter. Oh, my God. It's the worst. 844-770-3776. I got curling to keep me busy. Summer is great. And, like, at the end of curling season, I really appreciate it. Because my curling season now is, like, nine months. I'm starting in August this oh, year. Oh, tough guy. Oh, you got, like, nine months out of the year. August and <sighs> May is curling. No, curling season used to be, like, awesome. It used to be, like, September, October to, like, March, and you're done. Yeah. It's like nine months now. Like, and then you got your celebrity golf season. I mean, and, yeah, and then it's just there's no, not enough days in the year anymore. Oh man, tough. I mean, Matt, I, I'll be honest here. I, I don't know how anyone here at ESPN Madison works as hard as you do. I mean, I'm gonna be <laughs> straight up honest. I think you're the hardest working man at ESPN Madison. Uh, maybe, maybe it could be possible. Do you think like your curling season is harder because it's longer than the three months that Chris Orr was shortening necks at the USFL, or what? Do you- <laughs> Which is harder between me, my job and Chris Orr's? Oh, man. Mine. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you think you, what's more likely, Chris learning to curl or you learning to shorten necks the USFL? <laughs> Chris learning to curl. I know a lot of football players that have uh, converted to curling and are pretty decent. Don't know any curlers that converted to football and have made it. Or just generally guys in their <laughs> mid-30s just picking up football and, yeah. and trying to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I'm gonna be there. I don't think I'm getting it. Uh, you and me both, along with Shroff. Do you think you're younger? Think if you commit it, could you play some football? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh. 844-770-3776. You feel bad for Matt Hamilton's tough life. This is Roger Hamilton, presented <laughs> by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Because I love you more than I could love myself. Mama said no History made last night in Major League Baseball, Matt Hamilton. I know you're excited about it. Stoked. Can't believe I don't already know. <laughs> Make a guess if I said that. History made. Um, I don't know. Maybe youngest player to hit the cycle. Better than that. Uh, no hitter. Better than that. Perfect game. First one in eleven years last night. Nice. Domingo Germain. Is that how you say his name? Herman. Germain. Herman. Soft G. G makes H. Herman. Dr. Yes. She's already Domingo Herman. Obviously, I didn't watch the game, but I did open up my phone last night to see that he threw a perfect game. They showed, they showed the ninth inning on ESPN. I watched the ninth inning. He, he, I, I really thought, I was texting uh, Colin Russo, our teammate here at ESPN Madison, who's an Oakland Athletics fan. This game was played in Oakland. And um, I was like, you still up? You watching this? He says, oh yeah, we're going to get three hits in the ninth. And I'm just texting him, out, out, ball game. <laughs> <laughs> Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. He's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge and Alex Strofe behind the glass. I want to throw this up as my our first Iron Jock poll question. Is the perfect game the most impressive thing in sports? Because I think it is. 844-770-3776. Is throwing a perfect game the most impressive thing in sports? There's that. There's I, like hole in the one Grand came to Slam. mind. But, but, like, randos get hole-in-ones. Correct. But that's a one-off, right? Yeah. You have to do 27 outs without walking a batter. 
in a perfect game. Um, I would say yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was just Grand thinking like, other pull. things. Like, yeah, Grand Slams of tennis and golf are pretty crazy. There's the what's the one when you win all the all the horses win all the races. On right, the main triple, triple crown. The triple yes, crown, That right? is pretty like, rare. Yep. That's pretty yeah. rare. I think more rare but than the perfect game. there's way more baseball games played. So, like. But there's only been, what, 24 perfect games now? Ever? Yeah, perfect first games. First one was in 1902. Yeah. This totally. is the first perfect game since 2012, and Felix I'm Hernandez I'm just saying there can only be one triple crown a year where there's, you know, every team plays 100-plus games. So 235. I don't know what's rarer. 235,000, almost 240,000 games played in Major League Baseball of 154 years, and there have been 24 official perfect games. And there's been 13 Triple Crown winners. Oh, yeah. So it so. is a little bit more rare. First, but, uh, first but I mean, one for that was 1919. But 13... No, the, the, the rarer one is definitely the... Baseball. Baseball, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, by quantity, if we yes. do the math, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's usually how you do it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. <laughs> The ratio. <laughs> if we did math, it actually <laughs> broke it down of like what the rarest is. Hey, hey. But yes, it's the rarest. I'm yeah. not good at math, all right? <laughs> just say it. Triple I'm not cr- good at math either. I just know how you're supposed but to do I, it. I guess the way I was viewing it was triple crown might be harder to do. Because there's less opportunities. That makes right, sense. but I mean, yeah. this is more rare. Like Mathematically, it is. Yes. Wow, talk about a slippery slope, huh, Jim? <laughs> uh, Daryl Deerfield chimes in four home runs in one game. Little fun fact about uh, Gabe Neitzel from uh, Jen Gabe and Chewy. He hit three triples in one inning, tied for an NCAA record last I heard. Wow. I haven't looked into it in a while, but uh, uh, yeah. we looked into it last summer. In that, fact, I you him about have it. to be just peppering that team that inning if you can get up to bat three times. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Wow. I like, think it was one inning. Maybe it was one game. I feel like one, one game is not impressive. It had to have been one inning or something. Uh, triples in an inning. Two, five times most recent, Gabe Neitzel, Wisconsin-Platteville so. versus That's Wisconsin not. Superior, and April triple, 9th, 2006. Isn't the triple like the – it's got to be the rarest thing to hit in baseball. Yeah, especially like, now. As opposed from a single, double, triple, or home run. Especially the way the baseball's changed. Like, you're really trying to trajectory, yeah, like, launch the ball out. to hit out. dingers now. Yeah, so, yeah, triples are tough the way the players are taught to run bases. and Yeah, I, I, I agree, but 844 is throwing a perfect game the most impressive feat in sports? So I mean, what is it for touch? I mean, is it like seven for, touchdowns in a game? For my clarification, record, I, yeah. it's been a long time since I played baseball. The difference between a no hitter and a perfect you don't have game. You play these sports to know what the rules are, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. for sure. But like again, I'm, I'm 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 basically asking for a reminder, a clarification. The difference between a no hitter and a perfect game is in a no hitter, you could in theory walk some people. Correct. They just didn't get a hit, literally in the name. They did not right. get they a hit. They didn't get a hit. Right. But like a perfect game is you never walked anybody. They never got on base. Nobody ever got on base. That's the difference. Right. Nobody's on base for anything. You didn't hit them. You didn't walk them. And nobody got a hit. Right. We're a perfect game. You might hit somebody. You might walk some guy. No, but you, or, excuse me. Uh, no hitter. You might hit somebody. You might walk somebody. But you're still on a no hitter. One thing that I did see, I didn't see in person, but I saw it live happen was when Kerry Wood from the Chicago Cubs struck out 20 batters in a game. That's only happened five times. 20 strikeouts? Well, well not throwing more than nine innings. So a pitcher throwing 20 strikes, striking out 20 batters while throwing no more than nine innings. So maybe someone must have done it right, back in the day extras, when you, yeah. people just throw forever. But <laughs> So technically that would be even more rare. And that one's pretty remarkable, if you, especially if you've seen the, the highlights of Kerry Woods striking out 20. I mean, that is a lot of batters to strike out. Uh, so that would be up there as well. We, uh, ha- we have our first curling submission. Yeah. 
Uh, Quinkster chimes in with eight under, and Zenity also had the same one. Here's what, the thing. what does that mean? Eight under. So in curling, each team has eight rocks, right? So if you can get all of yours in closer than the opponent's best or closest stone, that's an eight under. Now, have you, have you done it? Yes, I have one. Now, I think the rarest one in curling would be a steal of eight, which means the other team has the very last shot of the end or inning, and they totally miss it, and you still get the eight. So, like, most times when people get the score of eight in curling, it's because they've got the last shot of the end, if that makes sense. When you have the last shot, you can take whatever ones you need to out, or maybe. So... A steal of eight might be rare. I've never even heard of a steal of eight, but it pretty much could only ever happen at like the amateur level. I can never see a professional. It would like never, ever happen. So as I look it up here, eight enders are extremely rare in competitive curling. In competitive, yeah. And analog, basically, they are similar to perfect game in baseball. Perfect game in bowling, which would be another one, but no, bowling is whatever. Yeah. Uh, a nine dart finish in darts as well. Yeah, and that's done a so lot, Rare that Canadian Curling Association has, aw- has an award to recognize any eight ender scored in Canada. As far as the numbers, the closest thing I've seen, this is from 2011, there have been 74 eight enders accomplished uh, in thousands of sanctioned games. And this is from a uh, Canadian website, uh, CBC, which is their right. CNN. So I don't want to like say, <clears throat> that, yes, they're sanctioned games, but like. Realistically, Strofe could sign up and play in one of those sanctioned games. There are definitely teams that are locals, and maybe they only had 23 teams, and they asked one of the local teams that plays in their Super League, like, hey, we'll cover half of your entry fee if you just sign up and fill out our tournament. So, like, again, I'm not saying that it's net. I've had a shot 4-8. Our team had a really impossible shot 4-8 against another competitive team. It is possible it does happen but it's there they are really pretty rare well and again at least the, the idea is they're on the same level again so i guess we're asking it's the perfect game it's throwing 300 it's what's the what's the dart thing i'm gonna play darts but i don't know this and, nine out thing so they're playing 501 so basically you can you can get 501 points in nine darts jeez okay i know i know 501 yeah. wow or 301 or something one of the one of the might be three hundred one. Actually, now that I think about it, because yeah, you only well, get you, well, the best you can do is sixty and so a dart. Th- three triple twenties would be one eighty. Do it again. Do it again. Is oh, so it is five hundred. Yeah, it is five hundred. And then do it one more time. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be five hundred. There has never been an eight ender in Olympic competition. That's true. The closest being, do you know this one? Probably a seven ender. It was against uh, the United States in two thousand fourteen. Ah, uh, poor Shusty. Probably a six ender. It was a seven-ender. <laughs> Great Britain's Eve Muirhead. Oh, against the ladies. Yeah, Eve Muirhead. 2014 Winter Olympics. A 12-3 round-robin stage victory over the United States. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so there. It's never happened. So something to shoot for. Uh, <laughs> An eight-ender in uh, competitive curling. Yeah, that's... No, in the, in the next Olympics. Though. The next Olympics, yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. That, that would, would be quite the feat. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Is there a more impressive feat than throwing a perfect game in a major league baseball game? I'm gonna say no. Especially, it's that's only gonna get more rare. I mean, it's, play, people are getting better. 
Well, right, and they don't, and yeah, and they don't let the pitchers throw as enough pitches usually. Like most right. of the time, they kind of just pull guys. But they don't pull them if they have a perfect game going. Typically, once it's gone, that's when someone gets pulled. How many times have you seen a? I've seen no hitters get pulled. There was a controversy last year where somebody got pulled during a no hitter, but a perfect well, that game. The Brewers two years ago, yeah, right. But it was a no hitter. A perfect game. No one's going to do that. No manager in the right mind also, is going to be in the sixth inning and see a perfect game going from their player and be like, you're out. But also, you're not throwing that many pitches in a perfect game. That's true. Your pitch in counts April probably April of low. 2022, Clayton Kershaw was pulled uh, after seven innings. Him and Rich Hill, the only two players in Major League Baseball history to be pulled after seven innings, seven innings plus, with the perfect game still intact. Oh, so it has. So happened. Kershaw has had injury issues. Right, that was last year. I think yes. that's the one I was like thinking of. And, and Rich Hill is an older pitcher. I don't know exactly the date on that one, but the idea is now. I mean, teams start to freak out at 100 pitches. So if you have like 100 pitches, now you're right, a perfect game. But if you have a perfect game and you struck out 17, then like you're that's a that's lot true. of pitches. I, I yeah, think, or I think and people at can battle at you, right? Last night. Like you, if what? they foul a bunch off, that's the, yeah, absolutely. Right? You yes. can battle with people. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, because that goes back to the 20 strikeouts. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, that's more rare in baseball, striking out 20 batters. Because, again, that's a lot of pitches. It is a lot of pitches to actually strike out 20 batters. Yeah, that's interesting. Roger like, Clemens and Kerry Wood are part, the only names that come to mind that I know have done it. I know five like, people have done it. Though. The rareness of that, though, is, yeah, the, the game, the way it is, like, people are going to pull you. No one cares if you're at... 15 strikeouts right. after six innings. If you're at 120 pitches, like, year out, son. Yep. No, absolutely, <laughs> because they're, they're caring about uh, the long Longevity, haul. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton. We are presented by Coors Light. The uh, Yankees are winners last night. You can be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. So far this year, $68 million in jackpots. Largest win, $249,000. Uh, $12 million in jackpots in May alone. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison coming up Saturday, July 29th. Kabooming cash. We'll tell you more about that as the month goes along. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. Presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton. Presented by Coors Light. A finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at Channel3000.com. People really like this show. Perfect games in baseball are impressive, but all the credit shouldn't go to the pitcher without your teammates doing their jobs. It would be impossible to achieve. That's Dan Stoughton. Yes, but like, there's a different level from the pitcher. I'm not disagreeing with you, but that goes to every game and every win. When you're throwing a perfect game, yes, there's a few plays made out there, but it's still a whole other level performance by the pitcher. Right. Like you're. I would say that if there's a perfect game, it's the pitcher that's elevated this game the most. You still need your teammates, but for the most part, your teammates are out there doing their regular job, and they might make a play or two during the game. But during a game, you might win 3-2. to two. They might make a few plays during the game. I'd be very curious to see what the number of like, like outs that come from strikeouts and outs that come from fielding plays in a perfect game, like what the split is. And they got track it of like, but like, is it just traditional fielding plays? Like, if this pitcher's... You know, if you're pitching a perfect game, you're pretty on. Like, are they just bounce, you know, slow yeah, rolls. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're, you're like forcing. how many like special plays are made during it? And Dan, we're not disproving your point. You're right, but I still yeah. think there's another level for the the pitcher. It's just like a quarterback. Yes, the quarterback throwing 
Well, you know what? Actually, a pitcher performance is more impressive than a quarterback throwing six or seven touchdowns because Mr. Trubisky threw, I think, five or six touchdowns in one game. The uh, you, can, you can do that for a lot of different factors. It's, it's like the quarterback in the sense, like, you're, they're the one that wins the game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you could. they could have thrown a check down pass to a guy who took it 60 yards, but it's the quarterback that threw the pass. Like... They're the you know they're the ones you blame when you lose and they're the ones that get the glory when you win. That's the beauty of being the pitcher. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. He's Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. Uh, we're presented by Coors Light. Make sure to vote for us today and tomorrow. Running out of time for best radio team in Madison. We appreciate that. Channel three thousand dot com. Want to take down? I think it's maybe never been won by any other radio team. Is that the fair way to say it? Yeah, we are up against uh, quite the dynasty from a local alternative We're trying to station. knock out the, the Patriots, basically. And we're the only sports uh, show nominated, but we're loosely a sports show. So I that, I mean, might like, actually only be the only talk show nominated. Oh, they all have a talk aspect, of yes. course, but a lot of their main thing is music. Yes. Whereas we, all we do is spew nonsense. We are words and music here, is what we are. A lot less music than the rest. Do you of know? It. There's no way in hell. But if someone's listening, I made the reference words and music is to a specific movie from the late '80s. That if you know it, I want you to call in. It's a cult movie though. So eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Because I want to throw it out there. I want to know if anyone else knows the movie. Words and music. It's not the name of the movie, but it's a line from the movie. Words and music. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You win nothing, by the way. Right. Get it right. I just want to know. I just want to know. Win. They Jim call in. Respect. I don't even know if they're right. Put them through. All right. Put them on the. Type air. it on. Type it on this piece of paper that you love so much <laughs> in lieu of the uh, show sheet. We just do that. All right. Sarah Walsh from the NFL Network. The answer. So as Strove types in here, type what exactly? Type in what they call and tell you. If they call and tell no, you, I'm just gonna put them through. You do. All right, you put them through. It's your show, bro. All right, so I love it. Ornery. I just wanted to know if someone knows it. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seven six. Nobody's right gonna here. know. Nobody's gonna know. That's the thing. <laughs> Sarah, you're doing a show for yourself right now. No, I'm. I'm doing that little bit. Now you're turning into this whole thing. I just want to know if someone happens to know the song. I would. I would give them respect for knowing the movie. Sarah Walsh from the NFL Network. Matt just went on and ranted about. Uh, he is do nothing morning and then having a little construction to deal with. So I mean, this is always a but show yes, for us. People have dealt. With people that. like movies, <laughs> Alex. Yeah, but then people you, like but movie then quotes. You follow that up with nobody's gonna know. But people like trivia. Don't you guys love game? I'm throwing out a trivia. Yeah, I know. I, I just don't I know it. I just don't know it. If I did, I definitely would have chimed in. <laughs> All right, Sarah Walsh. Let's get from her. I'm ranting about uh, movies, and she ranted about golf, and it is amazing. You are not going golfing, and it's just going to take three and a half hours. You know how I know that? Because not once in your history of golfing has a round ever taken three and a half hours. Not once. Mike and and Madison got the answer. He texted in. Eddie and the Cruisers. Thank you, Mike and Madison. (laughs) You are my favorite for the day. Eddie and the Cruisers. None of you know that movie, but it's a good movie. The John Cafferty Band, as I tie it all into the state of Wisconsin, is performing at Summerfest this year. Oh. And they are, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band are the actual band that performed the songs in a movie about, it's loosely like a Bruce Springsteen type story yeah. about a band out in New Jersey that, but the songs were popular in the 80s too, but in that he goes, we're words and music. And that, like, that's what it was. That is and Mike and Madison. pretty cool. That is sick, Jim. Thank you. That is a deep Thank hole, you. And I love that Mike and Thank Madison you. got into it. And they're going to be at Summerfest? And they're going to be at Summerfest. Let's go watch. That I is, love concerts. That is, that's so Wisconsin. <laughs> that is so, so Wisconsin. That is so Wisconsin. That would have won my poll. And that's, and that would have won my poll. Yes. And you know what? 
It is a uh, what is it? A contest that you you all love that someone participated in. Got it one for one. I mean, yeah, amazing. I I want to go to this show now. That Good. We should me go. Excited. We should go. We should go to this show. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, Jim's not picking up on the fact you're. Oh, you really don't think I'm picking not picking up on that? You give me zero credit. I don't know what your deal is with me, but you, like, I couldn't pick up that. I can't yeah, pick I was up. I'm laying it on pretty thin. I'm just leaning also into the bit. The yeah. person out of the bit is you, Alex. We are clearly in on this bit. I created the bit. No, you did because Matt's the one running with it. You're out on it. I clearly know he just a. Hates concerts. B does not want to be a part of this. I'm just leaning into it. Goodness <laughs> gracious! I don't get any credit. Am, I'm going to be honest though. I'm stoked for Mike and Madison. I'm I really am that he was able to pull that one. I'm stoked for me, but that also Mike and Madison. So obscure and literally, yeah, like Strove said, for you and the fact that someone got it. Thanks for. Thanks now, for being a super so fan. Just well, getting, I think it is kind of dope. Swimming a little deeper on this, Michael <laughs> Madison must be like a trivia savant because I don't know. Th- uh, Tuesday, May 9th was the last time he texted in, and the text is Barry Williams, in parentheses, Greg Brady versus Danny Bodiducci, in parentheses, Danny Partridge in 2007. I don't know <laughs> what that, that was. a celebrity boxing match. See, there you go. All right. I watched that one. I actually remember seeing that. It's throwback Thursday. Yeah, the dad from uh, Brady Bunch you know was what? in a boxing fight. I remember watching it. 844-770-3776. Just text in obscure movie quotes. 844-770-3776. 844-770-3776. Look, the Adam Madison went and Googled it. So he was paying, he cared enough to yeah. Google it. There is not a lot of things more satisfying than watching... A bush. <laughs> Stand by that statement still. What, what movie is that? Hey now. <laughs> Wrong answer. Yeah, I don't think so. Be curious, <laughs> not judgmental. Hey, that's uh shut up. Oh, someone's in their feelings over there. Can we just 844-770-3776? Give me random obscure movie quotes. We'll see if we can figure out where they're from. Now, let's hear from uh, Sarah Walsh from the NFL Network talking about golf. You are not going golfing, and it's just going to take three and a half hours. You know how I know that? Because not once in your history of golfing has a round right, ever uh, uh, taken right. three and a half Mom, hours. Mom, the meatloaf. What, what's that one from? We got another quote in there. That's from, um, are we ever going to listen to this audio? I don't know. That's from Wedding Crashers. Yes. I don't know this one. I see you have braces. I have braces, too, from the Adam Madison. That one I don't know. I see you have braces, but I have braces too. I don't know. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Give us your obscure movie quotes. They, <laughs> honestly, one that you'd like that you actually use. Like that would be like just that you use in everyday life. I thought hurricane season was over, <laughs> <laughs> and I do use that a lot more frequently than you would think. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious, and then I'm sure the response is yes, I am, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, braces line. Yeah. What's that? Can you like shut up? Oh, Beavis and Butthead. You got it. There you go. That one, that was an airplane, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so again, 844-770-3776. Give us obscure movie lines that you like to use in your everyday life. One I would use is from a TV is from Saturday Night Live. The uh, I don't know if I can say this. When Alec Baldwin was on and they were talking about making meatballs, and his name was Alex Schwetty, and he made his Schwetty balls. Uh, there's a part in there where they say Good times, good times. So a lot of times, I will just say, good times, good times. Um, in a similar vein of that, I say, uh, I'll say, um, cool story, Hansel. Tell it again. <laughs> what is that from? That's from Zoolander. 
Hansel's telling him this story. Uh, Owen Wilson's character is telling him a story about how he was like falling off a mountain and then he realized he took a bunch of ayahuasca or something and he was making it all up. So like it was a pointless story. So yeah, one of the people was like, oh, cool story, Hansel. You should tell it again. <laughs> <laughs> so when someone tells a pointless story, that's a pretty fun response. <laughs> you're, out of, you're out of your element, Donnie. I know, I know what that one's from. Do you? No. I don't think the I do. dude abides, man. Ah, you're out of your element, Donnie. Big Lebowski. Yeah, that is. I remember. So now I remember. This is, some, this is on my mind a little bit here, and I can clip a little bit. We'll get back to Sarah Walsh, but there was an article written in Vanity Fair. Now, I don't watch this show. It's called, and not for any particular reason. I just haven't gotten around to it. I think you should leave. Oh, yeah. It's Tim it's Robinson. kind of dumb, but it's funny. Like the, I, I would say he's got like a... 40 or 50 percent hit rate for me like to think it's funny or i think it's dumb it's like one of those like kind of stupid comedy yeah shows. you know i definitely like Again, a lot of stupid comedy yeah and it's not i'm not saying it's bad it's just not necessarily my bag all the time so they have some good bits though so i i think it's vanity fair i'll look up specifically where it's from but there was an article written by a woman it's a little tongue-in-cheek but basically she said her life goes to a living hell every th- for uh, once a year, about every for about three weeks when a new season of I Think You Should Leave come out because her 24 year old boyfriend only speaks in basically quotes from <laughs> that movie. <laughs> and they said to people of a certain age, yeah, and Matt, you tough. would fall into this. I'm a little on the older side of it, but like Strofe's age and your age, and like from the age of like 16 up, you just have a cycle of movie quotes that are just part oh, of your vocabulary. Yeah. yeah that 100%. like most of the women in your life don't get because. They're not obsessed with movie oh quotes like guys are. I, if I, US and a, greatest I, country in the world. I'll say something to my wife and then be like, she'll look at me like I made something up. I'm like, no, that's from a movie. Like, <laughs> like I said something offensive, but sometimes there's a funny quote from a movie that might apply. And maybe it, maybe it wasn't very nice, <laughs> but it was worth it for the lull. <laughs> so the article, and sorry, it's from GQ. Tim Robinson broke my boyfriend's brain. We can, get, we, we can reference it a little bit later. But it is uh, a great, and it's written tongue-in-cheek, but so many people chimed in on, like, this is brutal. Here's, here's an I example. I feel like Strofe is one of those people that definitely would quote a movie to, to his girlfriend, and she would be like, not know where it's from, and you would have to then kind of ruin the joke and be like, it's from this movie when blah, blah, blah. Well, so when we started dating, that's why I just played a Bo Rat reference. I had just watched Borat for the first time. What are you saying? Yeah, I, I watched. No, wait. Say it again. The movie title. Borat. Why are you saying? Why it like are that? you saying it like that? What's What's wrong? Borat. Borat. Yeah. It's Borat. Borat. That's what I said Borat. No, you're no, saying, saying Borat. Borat, like a pig, a boar, and then rat. <laughs> Borat. No, he's so like sometimes he's such like a radio guy. He's saying like Bo Ryan, like, Borat. Yeah. Yes, no, exactly. Yes, you Borat. are. You're Borat. saying. Bor- Borat. Thank you. That's better. Yes. I'm, I'm saying the no, same you're thing. No, you're not. You're like, you're like my mother-in-law who we, I have a- I think a, you got it. The I last have a, two times around. I have a niece. So her name is Braylon. And she calls her Braylon. No, no, no. I want to hear the story now. Nope, okay. I don't want to pull it. You okay, go to Tell Borat. us about Borat. I don't want to tell it. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Give away Twisted Tea, please. All right. Uh, 844-770-3776. This is the last case of Twisted Tea we're going to give away. It has 
The bomb pop in it, and it is the bomb. Uh, you might initially be like, what's that taste like? It tastes like twisted tea in the initial taste, and then the aftertaste has the bomb pop kind of taste left in your mouth afterwards. So it's The fantastic. cherry, the blue raspberry, yes. the lemon lime. It's got, and then you also get the half and half in there. You get a peach. You get original. All that. You get 24 cans of it, of the twisted tea. Uh, 20 variety pack there, 844-770-3776. Uh, there is no... There, for the first time ever, I look to see if you give me a number, and you don't give me a number. Five, because you, call, always, you always ignore it. Call number five. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no call, I, said, I, I want a big number today. Let's go like 15. Call number 15, 844-770-3776. <laughs> call number 15 gets that case of Twisted Tea. I'm going to rush in there to answer your phone <laughs> You don't have to rush. You got 15 calls. Uh, Stroke's going to kick you in the shins. <laughs> You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. You, rah, rah. That's it, pain away, pain away. I'm gonna wear my favorite color tonight. Yeah, Adam and Madison chimes in that he quotes the 70s show religiously on a daily basis, which I think same thing. Uh, I am uh, this one. I'll, I'll do my best at. I am not great. Uh, Donde esta la biblioteca, oh, Pedro? Donde right. esta la biblioteca, Pedro? That is uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I figured the Pedro reference there too, and I did preface by saying I am not do you going to do this well. Do you know what that translates to? Something about uh, library. Where's the library? Where's the library? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, I stupidly took no, German. I always thought it was my... funny because that's like one of the first phrases you learn how to say it is "donde está la biblioteca," and well, it's like, what's the last thing I would ever say if I was like stuck in a Spanish-speaking country? Would it would be "donde está la biblioteca"? <laughs> right, right. "Donde está la cerveza"? Yeah. Uh, Daryl and Deerfield chimes in. Another mother-in-law story. Really? You didn't learn uh, from the first time you slipped it in, Alex Stroh? <laughs> and did I tell mother-in-law story? You were starting to say about Borat and mother-in-law. I think you kind of no, teased No, mother-in-law. That. I said, right when I met my girlfriend, I just quoted oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. a lot. And she so, didn't understand what I was saying. Gotcha. Good story. I, I, well, you missed out on that because we called you. We messed, we messed with how you said Borat? <laughs> Borat. Dang. Cool story, Hansel. <laughs> tell it again. I thought. Very nice. <laughs> Boom, roasted. So right when I started seeing my girlfriend all the time, I quoted Borat. I always said, hi, hi, very nice. Get out. My, my wife. Honestly, I I know we can't do it on the air, but like Matt, I feel like she would be fascinating to talk to. A Just of like, what is I happening? No. <laughs> I don't. You, you want to interview her? I'll no, call her. I don't want to put that evil on her. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just we're gonna. I basically she ask her over enough. and over again. The last again, thing she needs is to be with Alex. Yeah, the last thing she needs is to be interviewed. And not by be like us. he's not a good guy, but more of like, how did you get like, past the quirkiness? All, all the like the Tinder photo with him and the microphone. <laughs> and then I don't know what level the relationship was the, the, the where Borat he quotes. Uh, urinated on himself. I mean, like the Borat quotes early on too. I mean. Magic. God. That's that's love. You that's what, what soulmates are. Yeah. Soulmates. Again, very cl- lucky that they're close <laughs> together. And uh, that she happened to be on Tinder and saw his beautiful face in front of a microphone and thought, that's the one for me. Because as you know, I believe all Tinder photos require you to have your uh, profession in the photo. 
So like yes. if you work in construction, it's like the YMCA, like if you like the group, yeah. like if, if the village people. If you, if you work in construction, <laughs> you got to wear a construction hat. Uh, if you're a police officer, you wear the cap. If you are a nurse or a doctor, you wear the thing they tie on their head to keep their the hairnet sort of thing. You know, yeah. it's just right. one of those things. I don't know what you do if you're a hairstylist. Maybe you got to hold scissors. I, I, you know, it's just. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess, but it's how I understand that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that one. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. The um, wait. So nine two zero says it's from dodgeball. The 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 quote that I just read, or is he giving me another quote? I don't know. He says it's dodgeball. I don't Which know if quote that's a, was that? The Donde Esta la Biblioteca, uh, Pedro. Oh. I just I just assumed because one of the characters in Napoleon Dynamite was Pedro. I thought that me was too. It. But then at the same time, when you guys said that, I was like, "Who speaks Spanish in to Pedro at I all in Napoleon yeah. Dynamite?" I don't think Pedro does either in Napoleon Dynamite. Nah, I'm not sure. It's probably no. dodgeball. He's probably right. <laughs> now, there's amazing things from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Tina, eat the food. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. Is my absolute favorite. Like my lips hurt real bad. <laughs> See that mountain over there? I could, I could throw that clear Aaron over the Rogers. <laughs> I throw a football clear over the mountains. Oh man! So on that note, the article here, real quick from and look, if there's uh, any women listening, and I know we, that's a very small group, <laughs> we're an appealing bunch, but I don't know how much <laughs> how many women are listening. But eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Um, is it is it annoying that men only speak or speak too much in quotes? Because the article here is, the headline is, Tim Robinson broke my boyfriend's brain. And the subtitle is, a writer learns the hard way that I think you should leave seems to have a degenerate effect on the language of men who grew up learning to communicate and connect through Superbad and Anchorman soundbites. So you could just get the... <laughs> I love that they throw That's so good, right? And it is, like, it's exactly what you think it is. It basically, and it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's also annoying of, like, it's honestly, Alex's significant other could have written this. Because it basically, like, hey, we started dating, and I thought it would just stop. And it hasn't. And every guy I've ever dated quotes these stupid Oh, my gosh. That's so applicable, though, because, like, I still quote, like, Pineapple Express to my wife, and that came out, like, what, eight years ago? Yes, right. yes. Zoolander is one right. of my favorite uh, quotes, oh, and that came out. There's the computer. Already, yeah, like, oh my gosh, that is so spot on. Eight four four seven seven thirty-seven seventy-six. These are tears of truth. If you're, uh, <laughs> if you're a woman listening, please call in and tell us how annoying we are for always quoting movies. If you're a guy, call in and tell us your favorite thing to quote. Uh, you have uh, Mike and Madison chiming back in. Uh, you're just mad because I've been chatting with hot babes all day from the Poly Dynamites. <laughs> yeah. is amazing. You're just mad because I've been chatting with hot babes all day. Kip, right? I was yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the internet. <laughs> uh, Kip's girlfriend—I forget her name—but uh, Fonda, yeah. <laughs> Fonda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many times have you seen that movie? Probably more than at least. I would say probably less than a handful, but more than three. Right around like four. <laughs> just that's the thing. That adds up. Here's yeah. the thing that would. That drives my wife the most insane. And I would imagine, again, most women listening, I can watch a movie. If I watch it twice, I probably can recite most of it back and know all the quotes. The same thing with the show. I can't remember anything. But honestly, one time through, and I've pulled a few quotes out of a show that I like, let alone the second time through. Like, it just burns into my brain. It is a skill I don't want. It is a skill that is completely pointless. But it is there, and I know every time I quote something from a movie we just watched or watched one time, my wife is 
instantly annoyed because I can't remember to like take out the trash. Yeah. On t- or what <laughs> she told you, what your plans are <laughs> right. this afternoon, and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yep, yippee kaye, yippee kaye, my wife, my wife, we can do two together, yippee kaye, my wife. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light.